Welcome to Lead Empower Grow, a podcast featuring entrepreneurs who lead families to financial security, empower people using innovative financial products, and grow legacies through retirement strategies. For today's episode, I spoke to Michael Henry, a national marketing director, social media expert, and one half of the team known as M&M Wealth Associates. I spoke to his business partner, Matthew Wu, back in June of last year. He was a delight, and I'd been wanting to get Michael on the podcast ever since. And a lot of our conversation naturally revolved around how good it is to be part of a team with Matthew, and how important it is to have someone to keep you accountable, help you with your resilience, pick you up when you're down, pat you on the back when you succeed. They complement each other's strengths, with Matthew being an expert in customer service, and Michael is more of the marketing side. He racked up a lot of followers on TikTok, he's led some social media panels for First Financial Security, and we talked a lot about what it's like to reach the younger generation with uh, products like life insurance. It's a great conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. Let's dive right in. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Michael. It's nice to see you. I like to start off with every agent's backstory, their context kind of. I like to ask when you first came to FFS, what your story was beforehand. Were you in finance? Was it like right out the jump, first job thing? Or was it like I was in the wilderness forever and then I found FFS? (laughs) What was it like? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So FFS is my second IMO that I decide to work with. And so I was already in the life and annuity business, however, with a, another firm with different missions and different goals. But prior to the financial industry altogether, I was in business consulting. I did marketing for some small businesses, and I was also a, a fitness instructor slash looking into nutrition and all that fun stuff too. Oh yeah. That's yeah. That's classic. Yeah. That sounds fun. I, yeah, <laughs> I, you're in a genre of agent that started from different financial companies or like kind of came to FFS because of the mission, which I always love because that's kind of like what we emphasize here and what kind of sets us apart is our helping other people, you know, or, or the people first, you know, clients first, not Bugatti's first. You know, it's about, <laughs> it's about how the products can help people and then everything else comes later. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so did you get brought to a bop? Was it a classic introduction or was no. it like a cold market, warm market? No. What was this, was this was really interesting. So mm-hmm. my mom was the one that brought me into the financial services industry because she met a woman from a previous IMO. And this woman introduced the IULs, living benefits, all that fun stuff to my mom. My mom was immediately fascinated. So my mom decided to bring me on and I was like, oh, this, I can sell anything. This is perfectly fine. I got this. I could sell my personal training. I could sell financial services. No problem. Couldn't be further from the truth though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so what happened was after working years in the other IMO, COVID happened. I moved out to California Mm -hmm. and uh, I was just kind of doing my own thing. I went back into some level of real estate consulting uh, out here and I kind of put financial services on the back burner. Yeah. And then I get a call from my mom again saying, hey, you should talk to this one woman. I said, "Uh, is she interested in something that I could provide to her or (laughs) do I need to recruit her? What do I need to do? Yeah. And she said, well, she's at another organization and she wants to talk to you about opportunities. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, okay. Sure. Why not? I'll, I'll give yeah. her five minutes to see what's yeah. up. Lo and behold, that was Shirley Lou. Oh my God. It was Shirley herself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was Shirley, the, the woman, <laughs> yeah. the best, the Shirley, right? Yeah. She gets on the phone and immediate like high energy, but she started talking about the, uh, the premium financing. 
about how to structure policies a little bit better, how FFS is a little bit different than all the other IMOs out there. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to learn more. And once I learned more about the premium finance, specifically with NIW, I was like, I'm sold. This is it. I want to do this. Yeah. And that's where we are today. It's, it's been a ride. Yeah, I wanted to talk to Shirley herself. I would be recruited too. But also, I, I like that her strategy was to come from like more complicated things, the premium finance, NIW, probably because she knew you already had a finance, you yeah. know, tried it before. Yeah, it really is just a conversation, though. You don't even have to come in with a strategy. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love hearing that. And I totally relate to the confidence of being like, I can sell the fitness thing. I can sell the financial products because like, it's got to be so hard to sell a something that you can't really see. It's like intangible. Right. You can sell a house or like, you can be like, here it is. But that's why we have to like walk through the numbers and like really explain. And that's why education is a big part of it. Yeah. It's kind of, it's hard to understand sometimes or wrap your head around what these products do unless you translate it. Yeah. yeah. The, the challenge is because you have all, all types and forms and shapes of people, right? Yeah. And how they learn is a little bit different per person. Some people are the ones that they want to learn by doing, they want to learn by seeing, they want to learn by just listening, you know, and we, the associate, the agent, the advisor has to kind of tailor something for that level of education. So it's it's been a process to really hammer down on a, a presentation for the client mm-hmm. while also being smart enough and technically savvy and as well as your language that you use with your clients, it has to be somewhat advanced. Otherwise they're going to say, wow, you know, who is this guy? Does he even know what he's talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you sit down and it's like, oh, these guys know what they're talking about too. Then it's like, okay, I'm going to relate as like a finance professional to like someone who knows finance, but then sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to adjust and, you know, start at the base level and talk simple. But like you said, still not so simple as to be like, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I know that you are a part of M&M Wealth Associates with Matthew Wu. That's right. When did you meet Matthew? And like, what is it like to be a business partnership? And how long did it take to form this? And do you find you have different roles to play? Is it like yeah. you kind of duplicated yourself? Or is it like we're tag team kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, in this industry specifically, or actually even in running a business, Mm -hmm. I found some really good entrepreneurial tips over the years. And entrepreneurial tips like, you know, obviously have a morning routine, uh, be coachable, have an open mind. But one of the big ones that I found was have a running mate, Mm -hmm. have an accountability partner, someone that you can rely on, someone that relies on you. Yeah. So over the years, I have been finding running mates here and there saying, hey, what's your goal? This is my goal. Let's try to work together and hold each other accountable. Let's motivate each other. Let's lean on each other's strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So fast forward, when I moved out to California back in 2018, 2019, is when I found Matthew at the previous IMO. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you guys. Yes. Back then. Yeah, way back Mm -hmm. then. And so we work together somewhat on the real estate side. Mm-hmm. And I noticed just from talking with him that he is very sharp. He has got a strong work ethic. He's He's got good integrity. And I was like, wow, okay, this is the guy that I would want to work with in whatever ventures I would like to go into. Mm-hmm. And at the time, it was real estate. But when Shirley came to the table, he was the first person that I said, hey, we need to talk about 
what it would look like for us to come back together in this industry over here. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, all right. So that's how Matthew and I met. He comes from a very strong uh, serial entrepreneur, understands customer service, customer support. Whereas I come with a lot of the marketing, the what to say and how to say it, the skill set for sales, the communication, these kind of things. And we were able to bring this two sides of the business together and help each other understand different facets of running the business. Mm -hmm. And with our strong work ethic, our integrity, Mm -hmm. right? And then our desire to make a change in the industry made this ultimately work out. But I would say the tip that I give everyone out there, all the listeners, is find that running mate, right? And it might be your spouse. It might be a a business partner. It might be someone within First Financial Security, another IMO. It could be whatever. But find a nice running mate that you could work together, hold each other accountable. Because the moment that you start thinking that it's just you, and it's only you, you're the one that gives yourself the most excuses to. Yeah. Ah, I don't want to go to the gym this morning. Oh, but wait, my partner's there at the gym waiting for me. I have to go now. It's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're the most motivated person, yeah, you're maybe just sometimes just going to be like, well, who's watching? You know, you can have the highest standards, but everyone slips. And to have somebody who cares and is just in it with you, it's like, it's Steve Jobs and Wozniak kind of thing. It's like, we're humans. We feed off each other. We're best together. It's kind of like a beautiful thing about us. <laughs> yeah. And I talked to Matthew back in June last year. You know, he's a softer spoken. I can see how I, I would come to him, you know, like for the customer service. But I can see how if I was talking to you, I'd be like, okay, I can buy whatever he's selling. Yeah. Yeah. I believe what's <laughs> happening here. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extrovert introvert thing, or maybe not even that big of a divide. Yeah. The thing that we have to realize is that everyone is either a square hole, circle hole, heart hole, star hole, right? And you have to find the compatibilities. Now, as a really strong entrepreneur, you got to be able to be a chameleon, right? Uh, one that can adjust, adjust shapes, or, or be a really good persuader for them to adjust the shape to you. Yeah. Right. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those. However, sometimes going from one shape to another shape is very difficult. And having a partner that can simply just fit into that niche altogether, for example, I don't work with the clients that are above the age of 55 oftentimes. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah. But Matthew does. Yeah. But Matthew doesn't like working with the the 25 and 30 year olds either. Yeah. So that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, it's the revolution of the internet, but it's like there was a divide around that time where it's like there's something about that threshold and people do cross it, but like it's kind of a thing that I wanted to talk to you about because you headed that social media panel and, you know, just internet savvy is something that I feel like we're always trying to teach, but I don't know if anyone found it. I wonder if you have, or like if, what your tips are, like, you know, what do you think about social media? Too, too wide of a question, probably. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. So <laughs> social media revolutionized how we conduct business, mm-hmm. right? And I think just like in everything, there's always the early adapters and the late adapters. Mm-hmm. As a late adapter, it's it's not a bad thing. You're still adapting. You're still going to make the changes. Mm-hmm. But the ones that are anti-change mm-hmm. are the ones that are going to be hurt the most. Yeah. When I started our social media journey with video marketing, it was back in 
the fall season of 2021, I want to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2021 mm-hmm. was the fall season. I started doing TikTok videos with no one, no one watching us, just just our other accounts watching us. Right, right, right. Yeah, because you got to put those first ones out somewhere. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And, but Matthew was a little bit against it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he's made it known. He's changed gears. He's he's made that change. Yeah. But at first we started with zero followers, mm-hmm. zero. Yeah. And then it, it made up to 200, then 500. Did a lot of follow for follow. Hey, you follow me. I follow you. You follow me. I follow you. Doing a lot of that. Yeah. But then we started building an audience. And a lot of people back in the day, they would do a lot of, you know, Facebook ads, they would do Instagram ads or Google ads, these kind of things, which used to work. Mm -hmm. But now you have to adjust to new techniques, new ways of maximizing on the algorithms. Yeah, yeah. Now the algorithms are huge because Amazon finds you on everything, right? You know, you search, you search uh, Yeti water bottle or Yeti cooler. Guess what you're going to find when you go to, you know, whatever website, you're going to see one of those banners that's following your cookies. I know. <laughs> so your algorithm on social media, which is one of the primary things that people take time on, it's tracking your eye movement. It's tracking how fast you're scrolling through the videos or how fast you're looking at a post. Mm-hmm. It's tracking all that to say, okay, this person is probably interested in retirement planning. This person is probably interested in real estate or investing. Yeah, yeah. So now if you're able to maximize that algorithm by providing content around your topic, then you're going to find the right audience. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I I like that advice because I can imagine it could be daunting stepping into the pool as as a late adapter or if you're skeptical and be like, God, how am I ever going to make a million, a thousand even followers? Like at first kind of looks like you're screaming into the void a bit, but then it's so easy. Yeah, all you have to do is stay on topic, like you said, or like find a niche. Do you find TikTok is still your, there's been a big rush of finance TikTok. You'd find that's still your most used platform? Yeah. So back then, when I first got started, there was only a handful of finance creators, only a handful. And so when I got in, I was able to get good traction because I was a little bit more on the earlier side. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my other content creators, some of my friends actually, uh, that I made over on TikTok were watching me as I was up and coming from 200 followers to 500 to 5,000 to 20,000. And then finally made my way up to 70,000 followers on TikTok. But what I've noticed though, is TikTok has slowed down. TikTok has slowed down significantly mm-hmm. where my average views were getting a, close to around the 10 to 20,000. I'm, I'm back down to maybe around 400 to 800. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. But is 400 to 800 views still a good thing? Absolutely, it's still a good thing. Oh, yeah. It's still a good thing. So even though that I have 70,000 followers, but only 400 people are seeing it, that's 400 more people than zero. Yeah, yeah. that's a great perspective to have. Yeah, because it's about those 400, 800 people could potentially be helped by us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to remember sometimes, even though I feel like it's hard to remember that there are people behind those numbers sometimes, but that's how it was in spreadsheet days too. You know, I feel like it's just as human, you train yourself to be like, yeah, these are not just numbers I'm working with. This is human life. Human eye is watching me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who need retirement? It, I think sometimes it can be easy to write off the young generation in finance, especially life insurance, not like write them off, but you know, 
they historically weren't interested. They're like, I don't need that. They're like, you know, the twenties, we feel strong, we're invincible, but it's, I feel like more and more because of recessions and like just internet information, younger generations are like, yeah, I could, yeah, let's retire. Let's get some retirement savings here. <laughs> I, I like, I like everything that you just said because mm-hmm. we've changed as an economy mm-hmm. three years, three months ago, we were at the beginning stages of COVID. Yeah. And then now individuals that are around the 25s to 35s, starting a family, mm-hmm. getting into their first home, these kind of things. Now they're freaking out. They're like, oh my gosh, I have a kid at home. Yeah. Right. That's that's where people start shifting a lot. And I think social media really helped with that because back in the day, life insurance was only for the death benefit protection. Mm-hmm. Right. And the most common life insurance coverage was term. They're, they're pushing term policies all day long without living benefits, no cash value accumulation, no nothing. Yeah. So then we finally realized what life insurance can do. So when people start to realize that and then share that over social media with all the younger audiences that were on social media, that ones that wouldn't be necessarily interested in life insurance, now they're like, wow, okay, I like the IUL. I like the whole life. I like the infinite banking. So let me learn more about that. Yeah, the life insurance innovated almost the same way the internet did with communications where it's like, and thank God, because then we were like, oh, wait, you know, if we can think about the future and the present at the same time, like who's to say we can't tweak these and make benefits? Yeah, the innovative IUL and things. The social media is getting the word out there and a lot of the agents that come on here, I think are dealing with older clients and they still don't necessarily know. That was something I want to talk about is agents, accountability, as well as training. Mm -hmm. Notoriously speaking, the industry does not have a good look. And so that's why I really love FFS, First Financial Security, because we're changing the face of the industry, right? And I really love that because the one thing I realized when I came into FFS, when Shirley was recruiting me, she was talking analytical. She was talking about product. And I was like, this is interesting. No one's ever tried to recruit me based on product before, right? And I was like, okay, no, this is really good. So, you know, broke it down and... At that point right there, I realized, holy moly, what I was sold in the past at my previous IMO was just based on a dream, based on just building a big business and just helping people with like, you know, a cookie cutter approach of insurance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot of agents who simply take their 32 hour pre-licensing course. They get a 70% on their um, exam, barely passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then boom, they're running business, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that's without any practice. Imagine if we have drivers, young teens, getting their driver's license just from based on a written. Yeah, yeah. So imagine the world today with a bunch of teen drivers that's never drove a single hour on the road. Just imagine that. Now, that's exactly what's happening in the industry. Mm-hmm. There's so many people that are being sold a dream yeah. of making something huge by helping a lot of people, quote unquote just to put them into some sort of cookie cutter program. And then when they finally realized, the client finally realized, oh my gosh, what did I actually sign on for? Now we're looking at Google reviews. Now we're looking at Yelp. Now we're looking at bad press on TikTok, on Instagram, on whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I always preach to agents that I talk to within at least FFS and not saying with everyone at FFS, Mm -hmm is that you have to put your product knowledge first. You have to. 
if you don't know what you're doing for your client by not knowing what you're doing, mm-hmm. you should not be selling. You should not be advising your clients to do anything. Learn. Learn first. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't want to steer anyone in the wrong direction. Yeah. Correct. Another reason why I love FFS is because of all the training and support they have in the back office. Mm-hmm. I mean, Andy Cohen has the whiteboard series. Then we have the carriers corner with all the carriers to talk about the IULs, talk about the term policies, talk about annuities. It's all there. I love FFS, how they were able to consolidate all this information, this training to be accessible. And it gives you, the producer, you have to have that responsibility. Now it's on you to get that training. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if your upline or if your director, your trainer is not training you, you can still go get the training. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the upline and director should have the responsibility to help you. Right, they should be. Mm-hmm. So if there's any issues there, make sure you contact your upline's upline or director's director to solve that issue. Yeah, but in the meantime, you can go and find it. Yeah, you can, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, we've tried so hard not to leave anyone out to see or like... No, I, I love it. I mean, that was another reason why I chose FFS to begin with is because when it comes down to a scalability, yeah, you bring in an agent... You put them into a system for them to learn from the ground up. It minimizes the time that you have to spend teaching them the things that they can learn on themselves, right? I mean, if you really, really think about that, success tracks, the carriers corner, FFS, what they've done in the back office has given the producer, the business builder, an opportunity to maximize their time. Yeah, 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 yeah. What kind of challenges do you face whether it was like right when you're starting out or even continued challenges, like over time, what kind of like things do you have to overcome? Oh man. Um, and this is where I kind of go back into that entrepreneurial tip of finding that running mate. Yeah. Right. It's the accountability, the motivation, the consistency, as well as the grit and the resilience. At first, when you are just starting off your social media journey or even your business, Mm-hmm. You have to understand that things are not going to come easy. Yeah. Things will not come easy. I like to look at it kind of like working out. Mm-hmm. When you go to the gym the first time and you go for a couple of days in that first week and you're like, I'm motivated, I'm going. And you look in the mirror, you get on that scale. Do you see anything different? Mm-hmm. No. 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 And you tell yourself, I worked so hard at the gym. I spent two hours at the gym. I did 45 minutes on cardio. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me I'm not going to see anything? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's the consistency that kept us hitting the next milestone and seeing where we want to go, right? I know as cliche as that sounds, you have to know where you're going. When you ride a motorcycle, and I have a motorcycle. Oh, nice. Yeah. When you ride a motorcycle <laughs> and you're going on that curve, you don't look at one foot in front of you or three feet in front of you. You look at the end of where the destination is going to be. Yeah. yeah. Because that's where the body is going to float is in that direction around the bend. Yeah. Just like pilots. When pilots are looking at these little light towers. Right. They look between them. They don't look at them mm-hmm. because they know once they look at it and they focus on that light tower, they're going to crash into it. Right. So mm-hmm. same exact concept here in this business You need to know where you're going. So the challenge was keeping that going without the flow. Because imagine you're working so hard. Like like I said, at the gym, you're working so hard at the gym. 
and you're not seeing anything, but you know that it's going to get there. You know you're going to get that six pack. You know you're going to lose 20 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I knew one day that we would submit 20 apps in the pipeline in one Mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. I knew one day we will have a video that hits a million views. I knew it one day. And that's why having a partner that says, hey, just keep doing what you're doing. You got this. Keep doing what you're doing. You got this. Yeah. But of course, at the same time, you had to make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. You had to make those adjustments. If I was saying the same thing over and over and over and over again without any adjustments, and I kept doing it for a consistent 12-week period and nothing's happening, it might be a me problem now. Yeah. Yeah, you might be doing the workout wrong or when you get on the scales over a certain amount of weeks and you're not seeing results, you got to check your technique kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's why people pay for business mentors. That's why they pay for coaches. That's why they pay for personal trainers mm-hmm. so they can take away the guesswork. So my advice is, yeah, you can run it by yourself. But if you want to streamline that process, hire a coach. And I've hired social media coaches. I have. I've done the courses. Or find some sort of arrangement for someone else that maybe is really good at social media in your office, someone that you know is also really good at social media, and say, hey, can you help me? I'll pay for lunch. I'll take you out for dinner. Let's let's have an exchange or bargain. Yeah, yeah. And someone who can see where you are and see your progress. And even if it's not a coach, like, like it's Matthew or a business partner or somebody, it does help to have someone to pat you on the back or pick you up sometimes because there are going to be those days you don't see any results. And that can be very disheartening, I feel like. Absolutely. I found like sometimes when I hit those, I just make a list of everything I did that day, even if it didn't like make any tangible like six apps or something, you know, but I'll write down like I did this just to be like, you did something as long as you did something today and you're looking at the horizon and you're adjusting like you said. Yeah, it's hard though, but I love that. And it's not cliche. Cliches are there because they're truths that are told so much because, you know, they're kind of true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) God, that's great. Yeah, I like to close it out just like, do you have any goals for the next year or like on the run up to Leaders Convention or like, where are your, where are your milestones? Where, where's the horizon? Where, where are you looking at between the lights? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mentor right now, Corey and Victoria, they say, look at the next milestone and commit to that. So fortunately enough, again, First Financial Security has those milestones already prepped up for us, mm-hmm. right? The first diamond, second diamond, third diamond. So right now we're on the way to the third diamond, right? That's what we want. And then from there, a quick celebration, and then the fourth, and then the fifth. But don't forget to celebrate each milestone. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would always suggest. Don't forget to celebrate because the moment that you get caught up on just chasing milestones, yeah, you are now just chasing what might be your happiness. Might be. Don't do that. Yeah. The message to celebrate is important. I love that. It's like in Alcoholics Anonymous or like, would you celebrate the milestones with the little chips, you know, and mm-hmm. you get to one month. Yeah. It is important not to just breeze past those because then, God, you did so much. Yeah. Yeah. If you've done something, give it a little celebration. Like you said, pat yourself on the back and then forward, you know, because you're going to get to that next celebration too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Michael. I think that about wraps it up. Do you have anything you'd like to say before we uh, end the episode? I'd ask all the followers out there, everyone listening to the podcast to drop a follow. Right, right. That's at MM Wealth Associates on Instagram and TikTok. Right. See see what I'm doing. Feel free to reach out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I will take any DoorDash anytime. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for appearing on the podcast. Thanks to all of you out there for listening. Hope you can take home some of those social media tips. To hear from more brilliant entrepreneurs like Michael, check out the rest of Lead and Power Grow's episodes 
which you can find on our website at firstfinancialsecurity.com. And of course, follow Lead, Empower, Grow wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening.